They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Tumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition Yawn and stretch and try Try to come to life life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from 9 to Uh 5 Working 9 to 5 What a way to make a living Make it in my It's all taken and no giving I think I I think I've pulled the tonsil. Did you ruin your larynx again? <laughs> the beginning of that sounds like Flash Gordon. Yeah. Every time Flash I hear that. Gordon is cool. Flash, uh, oh, believe me. We could have done that, too. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock here on the Flash Gordon edition. <laughs> we are the podcast that is really about exchanging two, not one, but two pieces Dose. of life-changing advice. And we did. Squeeze that into about 30 to 45 minutes. There's a lot of squeezing going on mm-hmm. these days. The good thing is Thoughts at Rock help support Cannonball Kids Cancer. That's right. And you know, those guys are amazing because they help find and fund treatment options for kids who basically have run out of options. They've yes. been told there are no more options. They're amazing in all the work that they do. You've got to go and check them out at cannonballkidscancer.org. If you like the show, just take a moment, head on over to give it a review on Mm -hmm. wherever you want to review. We'd prefer you do it on iTunes. That would be fantastic. Just go ahead and hit those five stars. Say, this is amazing. It helps keep us in front of the people who need to hear this show so that we can do the work we want to do to help CKC. Yep. And listen, we know how busy you are. We totally get it. Yep. We absolutely get it. We're busy. Yep. Like, I'm a workaholic. Brand yep. to workaholic. Yep. We understand that trying to step away and find just a little bit of a nugget, we like to say, mm-hmm. of wisdom, those are hard to come by. They are. Which is why, honestly, I bet you're doing two things at once right now. Right you're now. probably listening to the show, mm-hmm. but you might also be... I don't know, flying a drone over a fig tree farm. Maybe you're seasoning a cast iron skillet. Or maybe you're working your way back to me, babe. No, go for it. <laughs> come on, come on. Working my way back to me, babe. When to me. You're working me. We, listen, we just, who does be, that? we just want to be the who 30, that 40 song? minutes you've been looking forward to all week. I don't even know who sings that song. Let's rock. Let's do it. Google it. <laughs> Our guest today is my good friend, Josh Davies, who is now the CEO of the Center for Work Ethic Development. First and foremost, Josh, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Jim, thank you. It's a, you know, it's an honor to be here. I, I love your podcast. Uh, congratulations on your recent ranking in the top of 1%. That is uh, just testament to the work that you all do and the guests that you have on. And, and I'm glad that I finally made the list. You're welcome, Josh. Uh, I've carried him for a good year and a half. As long as he could. (laughs) He's ready to release me. I will now be thrown down to the bottom 99%, which is fine. You know, it's lonely at the top, brother. (laughs) Yes. If only. If only. So we will obviously have Josh's full bio in the show notes. You know, you definitely have to go and check it out. But I've known Josh for several years. I'm I'm probably thinking it's like 15 plus 
Uh, just wanted to yep. pull out a couple of cool highlights. First off, he's a speaker and a trainer and just engages with and encourages professionals all across North America, the Middle East, and Asia. Delivers something like 75-plus keynote presentations and workshops to education and workforce and, and corporate events You know, every single year. Brant, you would probably like this. 2008 mm-hmm. was the uh, Democratic National Convention where he led training for like 10,000 volunteers and more than 4,000 local service professionals for the event. Yes. So that, I mean, that's a pretty cool deal. Uh, I love this. Training Magazine named him one of the top 10 trainers under 40 in America. Brant was for, listed for, in, in for the... For your listeners, just so you know, that was a few years ago. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. doesn't matter. Uh, I'm waiting for Biden to to my cabinet position as the minister of swagger. So if you can pull any uh, strings for me, Josh, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> Just in Brevard County. It's not going to be like well nationwide. I'll, I'll take Brevard County, to be honest <laughs> yes. with you. Minister of what? Swagger? Uh, I like it. Yes. Swagger. <laughs> wow. He just called us out. On the show, I love it. I mentioned earlier, Josh is the CEO of the Center for Work Ethic Development, and I hope that he talks a little bit about this, but it is basically an organization committed to developing workplace skills in the global workforce, which is pretty rewarding work. He partners with companies in all 50 states and also six countries, um, basically equipping trainers and teachers to build the workforce of the 21st century. So I, I've just known him for many years. He sits on a lot of boards, a lot of committees uh, to be transparent. I met Josh when we were at chart, which is the council of hotel trainers. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people know that group just because we talk about them a lot yeah. on the show. And I remember Josh being a uh, president and it was a great time to be with chart at that time. And I don't remember how we actually met the first time, but I've known him for a long time. And Josh, we're just, we're thrilled that you're here, brother. Uh, it is it is great to be here. Thanks for that introduction. And I, you know, I I remember I actually met you for the first time at my first chart conference, which was in Montreal. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. And I remember, yeah, I had seen a uh, training video with you in it. And um, again, those of you who know Jim know because you can't see this in the podcast, but obviously he's got a fairly mm, distinctive look to him and i was like holy crap that is going where's it going hard rock (laughs) and um i was like that's pretty impressive and uh one of my colleagues who was with me at the time working for the same hotel company um actually started dialogue with you and um i got to be that other like weird fanboy in the corner be like hey jim my name is josh Um, it's good to meet you and um and you know that was almost 20 years ago now jim wow 20 years ago i'm i'm feeling pretty good about myself now yeah I'm not going to be the minister of swagger. He, he, he doesn't look like Andre Agassi anymore, no. but yes. No. I probably did have that hair back then. You did. Look, Andre Agassi doesn't look like Andre Agassi anymore. That's, That's true. true. That's true. I probably will look like him yes. at some point. We're, we're all afraid because mullets are back, and we all know that Jim is going <sighs> to... I'm going to yes. bring that mullet back. Yes. So I think, you know, Josh, this this is a little bit different versus our normal, you know, these traditional long interview formats. That's not what we do here at all. You know, we, we're doing about 30 minutes and talking about these great pieces of advice. So we're going to leave it open to you, brother. The floor is open. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. So, uh, you know, one of the things I think is really important in terms of the lessons I've learned in this life and the thought I uh, came from my mother and she told me, um, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. 
And, um, you know, it's been sort of a mantra in my life for a variety of reasons. And I think, it, you know, for me, it really says to a couple of things. Number one is it's really, um, uh, you know, more than anything else, sort of self-awareness, right? It, in, in two different ways, right? What you can do, what you can't do, and what you should and shouldn't do. But the should and shouldn't do is really important because I think more than ever, we are presented as individuals, as organizations, as leaders with more and more opportunities to do things. You know, it, as the world has shrunk um, relative to technology, right? We have more opportunities, more places to get engaged, more places to, you know, put your energy. And the problem I find with so many people is because there are so many choices and so many options, they just say yes to everything, right? And all of a sudden, you've got these people who are just burnt out and great opportunities to do things, but they no longer have the bandwidth. They don't have the capacity. They just don't have the drive anymore because it's just been worked out of them because they've done so much. And it's been great, but it's unsustainable. And so I think really having that awareness um, about kind of where you are, where your strengths are, where your limits are, having that self-actualization, and then being able to step back and say, hey, whoa, yeah, I can do that, but should I? Yeah. And I think that's a really critical um, kind of you know thought that rocks for me, and it's really helped me stay focused in what I do. And what I find is when I'm, I tend to have the least amount of direction or chaos in my life, it's because I'm not paying attention to that. Well, first off, I think that's awesome. I mean, I think that is a, a great piece of advice. And in the years that I've known you, uh, actually, I think you better than most do a great job at spending quality time with the family. You know, I see you and your wife. You guys go to a lot of music festivals. I know that, you know, you work out and you talked about this whenever we would travel on the road together, that these were the important things to you. I don't see you completely all over social media. You've done a pretty good job of, of sort of saying no do you here's my question do you wind up using this i guess in not just your personal life do you talk about it with you know these organizations that you're trying to help them from a workforce development standpoint does this come up when you're on stage it, it does well first of all it comes up here organizationally uh with my team um you know because again it's I, we should do this. Somebody told me the other day, we should look into this and do this and that and the other. And, and I think especially in organizations, um, not to get too Jim Collins and all, but, you know, kind of that hedgehog concept where you're, it's like, hey, focus on what you're good at and focus on doing it really well rather than try and, you know, find the newest thing and the latest thing. And I would say I, you know, the organizations I work with, the, probably the best way that we kind of help work with them and consult with them on that is there's this um, – especially for the nonprofits we work with, and we work with a lot of nonprofits, you're constantly chasing grant funding. Mm -hmm. And again, in the corporate world, you're chasing funding in streams in other ways. But with grant funding, right, they all have their own different sort of requirements, this, that, and the other, and you end up bending over and putting yourself in these pretzel positions trying to get all this different money, and then you win it, and it's untenable because you just can't do all these different things, but you thought you needed to do it because you had to get this money over here. Um, you know, when I was in the hospitality industry, um, we, the company that I worked for, was like, you know what's really hot right now? Indoor water parks. Let's stop doing what we do in high-end hotels, and let's buy <laughs> properties and convert them into indoor water parks. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, that did not end up well. No. What, the COVID tanks? Those didn't work well? <laughs> Everything's this is a COVID. Pre, this is all pre-COVID, Brand. This is the way. This is 
This is still floating diaper era. We didn't have to worry about what was nice. in the diaper. It was yes. just that time. Yes. I love it. So here's uh, here's a perfect example. So there's there's a new, you know, social uh, app called Clubhouse that mm-hmm. uh, is taking the world by storm. And, and it is one of the things that I have to ask myself every day just because I can't doesn't mean I should. <laughs> yeah, I could just click on the app and listen to a few of the conversations going on. But should I? Because it's one of these things that y- you, you start. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with Clubhouse, but, but it's basically Zoom without video. Mm-hmm. So let me put it another way. It's a phone call. So it's Skype. <laughs> it's a phone call that people get to listen to, and it's like the party lines of the 80s. And so you get a chance to sort of – there's a moderator or two or three, however many they have, and they sort of control the flow of the conversation. There are people in the audience who are listening. You can raise your hand and be called upon. Um, but but very quickly, your little two minute I'm just going to pop in for two minutes – turns into two hours yeah. gone from your day. Oh, you're – addicted uh, for sure i'm, I'm trying listen i've i've been pretty good the last week or two because it's like it, it takes over your life yeah. like you're, you're just it it's not good and just because i can doesn't mean i should and that's one of those things too that unless you've got a really specific reason unless it's going to move the, the the needle in some way positively in the it, it, what the, what you're trying to do maybe lay off the gas a little bit and and not be on there for six eight ten i mean there are people on there i see that they got to be on there 12 hours a day yeah I'm like, how do you get any work done if you are, you know, on the party line for, for 12 hours a oh, day? Oh, it's just in the background, Brad. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I can do other yeah, stuff yeah. while I'm listening yeah. to uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you for that very real example because you don't understand the amount of willpower it has taken me to not download Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. All of the people I respect in the yep. business world, in the sort of this thought leadership space, are all like, "Man, I've been in Clubhouse. It's changed my life." I'm like, "I yep. can't do it. Yeah, don't do, do it. it. Don't do yeah, it. I can't do it." Yeah, you, you should do it. You should do it. <laughs> because here's the thing: I think, I do think that it's going to be a game changer, depending on. Like my ability to connect through that app with people that I will never have been able to connect to. Where can I be on a phone mm-hmm. call with Damon John and Barbara Corcoran? It's like it doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to actually have a conversation or ask a question um, is so rare that typically you'd see these people in an audience of you know, 5,000 people somewhere in an arena somewhere. It's talking. like going to go see Jim Knight speak. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, dozens of people lining up to hear him speak. Sometimes two dozen. <laughs> yes. Baker's dozen at best. And the idea, though, is that, gosh, these people may be in a room with a couple hundred people that you actually have a pretty good shot of, of being able to ask them a question. Um, I So I think there is definitely some value there. However... Uh, it is one of those things. So my question to you is, how do you know when you should or shouldn't? Like, what are you doing to, to separate that piece of, of your advice for, for people? Uh, Brant, if I had the formula, <laughs> the book would be a best. <laughs> well, I was just checking. We wouldn't because... just be here spitballing some stuff on your podcast. Let me tell you that right now. You'd be listening to me on Clubhouse explain my formula, and you'd be like, I'm hoping to get a question in the garage. right. <laughs> Spitballing I mean, with Jim and Brand is our next podcast. Yes. <laughs> and when you get that book done, we can help you right. solve that that's thing right. by the way. That's we right. can mark the heck out of it. Amazing. Now that leadership that rocks is done, that's that's title three. That's right. Um 
like, you know, right now, unfortunately for me, it's just intuitive. Yeah. Right. You just kind of get a sense and you have to kind of feel some things out. There's not this good logical formula that I've concocted or that my experience has taught me. Um, you know, I haven't been able to unpack it at a level that's like, oh, okay, so if, you know, X plus Y, you know, I'm reading, you know, little habits, you know, and it's got, you know, it's the B map, B equals MAP. I'm like, I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. This is like a, just a simple formula around how do you know what you should and shouldn't do just because you can. Yeah. You know, when... Uh, Sorry to disappoint. No, it's good. Brent, I, like, I, why'd you book this dude? I'm, I'm, I tuned out after you said you didn't have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was done. He actually just put his headset back on. He was in the oh, other room. I'm sorry. Are you talking to me? <laughs> so when you sent this thought to us, uh, it, it's funny. I thought you were sending it directly to me because to be transparent, yep. Brant, you know, Josh and I have done some consulting together. So when yep. I left Hard Rock in 2012, you never really know how many people are going to book you as a speaker. So in my mind, I go, I, I, still, I still got skills. I could still be a consultant. So I'm going to start a company. I'll do that. And who knows, if I'm not getting enough speaking gigs, at least we'll make money with that. I had two consulting businesses, and Josh is one of those people that uh, made a lot of money, and I didn't, and I own the business. So it was a little, <laughs> what I learned from that is just because I could doesn't mean that I should. And that was the moment well, that I said, that's it. I'm not going to consult anymore. I am done. Hey. Full, full transparency real quick. A lot of that was just passed through to other people, just just to be on the front end. That's true. None that's of those true. checks were written to me. Except the owner. But yeah. that's fine. It's cool. Listen, Josh. I had fun that year of my life. Some guys should coach and some guys should play. All right? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> those I can't do teach. That's right. basically what you're saying. That's right. Now, I will say this. So I'm, I'm working on my new book, Leadership That Rocks. And there's a section there, actually two chapters, where – I'm taking these elements of, I think there's a time to obviously be humble and a time to, you know, bring the thunder. You said like the minister of swagger is what, what Brian wants to be called. But I think there's sometimes where reservation and, and subtlety are cool and it's required. And then, you know, there's other times you got to act with, uh, you know, the heavy stick. You got to act with some fierce bravado. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm going back to your quote here, Josh. I think when I was watching this White House Corona Task Force, you know, and I liked um, Dr. Burks, Deborah Burks, who was like an Air Force colonel. She was an ambassador. She worked at the NIH, the CDC, but she's like an expert in her field. You think about sitting in some of those, you know, whatever it was in a press conference. She was really good when she stood up to the podium to talk. She had great facts. She was very humble. And uh, my point is, she could have very easily said, just like Fauci, this isn't correct. This isn't right. This is BS, but she didn't do that. I think probably more than any of these other medical experts. I mean, she definitely had the wherewithal to say, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because I can't, I could totally stand up and say wrong, 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 wrong. But I think she gets credit for using the humility. And every once in a while, if somebody asks her a direct question, you know, she will answer it, but she doesn't somebody that needs to stand up on a, you know, a pedestal and say, don't drink, you have bleach. to do this or else. Right. right. Don't drink bleach. That is wrong. Right. 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 Yeah. I Listen, I don't disagree. Uh, Josh, I'm in the middle of, of my new book called Mediocre Leadership. <laughs> right. uh, it's called Settle into the Middle. Um, and, uh, you know, what's I, wrong with being average? Is that the stuff like? <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know, settle it, settle into, into middle management. I'm um, working on white lamb, which you, is a you? compendium to, to, uh, to black sheep. 
It's the, it's the you can't tell. And they're sequel. all the same. It's they the all sequel. people all look That's the same. Right. Join the flock. Be like everyone <laughs> else. Like everybody else. That's right. How, how to blend in? It'll be a bestseller <laughs> in Winter Garden. <laughs> wow. I can't even stomp on myself fast enough before you get there. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I'm. What Josh, I'm, you still there? <laughs> um, <laughs> We've lost this Josh. This is Josh's fault, man. He's he's too easy to talk to. I'm uh, I'm, I'm being Doctor Burks here on the sidelines. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, you that's are. Right. Don't drink the bleach. Um, you know, I think that it, you're right. Part of being, I agree with Josh that I don't think there is a. Um, I don't think there's a formula per se that we can look to to know when we should or shouldn't do something. I do think that there are probably, and again, I don't even know what these are, but I, I believe there are some things we could ask ourselves like, is this going to actually move us towards the direction we're going or whatever that might be, which would lead to sort of what I think Josh was referring to of, of sort of the gut, right? This intuition as to what you think is going to be good or bad. And that, that ultimately intuition is actually based on values, right? So, mm-hmm. so our intuition is saying if we're going to honor the things that matter most to us, then yeah, maybe we should. Right. But if we're going to violate one of those things, then maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. So I get, I do, I get that, but I, you know, it's one of those things that I guess my question is when you sort of first got into, into management, right? So you find yourself as a new leader um, and you're, you want to, you want to sort of impress, right? You want to impress the people that just promoted you. You want to impress the people that, that you're trying to get to that next level. How do you find, is it, is it courage? Is it, guts, balls, whatever you want to call it. What is it that you have to find to be able to say no to things that, that you know is going to take you in a wrong direction, but maybe they're being asked by somebody that you feel pressured to do it with. I think it's even a step before that. Again, I, I mean, we're, you're focusing on the should part. Yep. Don't forget the beginning of that is just because you can, because there's got to be this self-awareness. I think so oftentimes what ends up happening is why we get pressured into saying yes is because we don't realize that we actually can't. And the answer is really no. Right. Like, I, like, uh, you know, I'll try that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll throw this out to Jim. You know, I'm sure he's like, hey, a group says, hey, can you come speak on blank? And early on in your career, you're like, mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, let's talk about hog tying. I, I, I can learn enough about that, right? Right, or whatever it is, right? Where you get sort of, you feel like you get in there, and they're like, "Well, you must have hired me, so obviously you think I can do this." But maybe the answer is still no. Maybe you can't do it. And I think that's an important first step. Right, you need to have that self awareness, and that again is also hard early in your career. I think it's also hard late in your career where you think you can do everything, yeah. and then you have to take a step back and go, hmm. Maybe, um, maybe this is best delegated to somebody else. Maybe I do need to pass some of these things on. Let me give you an example. Uh, you know, some of the things that we talk about in the work that I do. Um, should my, should me, or my son or daughter, pursue a four-year college degree? Yeah. Well, society, you're, you're not asking. That's rhetorical, a, right? You're, you're just. You're, that's you're, a rhetorical. Just making sure. I don't right. want to decide your kid's right. future. But go ahead. Yeah, I didn't. I, uh, society says, yes, every single person, right? Every single, if you're going to be successful, you have to have a four-year degree. You have to have a four-year degree. You have to have a four-year degree. Yeah. So you get sort of this emotional pressure in order to make that happen. And while a four-year degree is one of the pathways 
to a lifetime of career success. It is not the only pathway to success. Uh, there are plenty of very successful, very good two-year programs. There are certificate programs that aren't even but six months long. Mm-hmm. There are coding boot camps. There are lots of different options that are post-secondary but don't require the full commitment, the full uh, – you know, all the money that a four-year degree costs. And it is staggering, even at state schools. You know, you're still talking about hundred thousand dollars by the time you get done, assuming your son or daughter doesn't screw up a year or two and ends <laughs> right. up at five or six years to finish that degree. But yeah. the worst thing that ends up happening, we see this more and more, are people who go in the wrong place for the wrong reasons. You do two years of college, you do two and a half, you do three years of college, and you drop out. And now you have sixty thousand dollars of student debt and no degree. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What are the alternatives? What are the other things that are out there? How else can we look at this? And to Brent to the for, Brent to the formula, I would say, I mean, yes, there's a logical component to it in addition to that intuitive component. Yeah. Because I think oftentimes there are opportunities to make logical choices that are also colored, shaped, or driven by emotion, but the two of them have to somehow work together. Yeah. One of the funniest things in this world is people's relationship with money. Because right, money is is X's and O's, ones and zeros, right? It is hardcore. It, it's a dollar. A dollar is a dollar. There's no, I don't really care what your feelings are about a dollar. It's a dollar. Yeah. But people make money decisions almost all the time out of emotion rather than logic. Brant, you you don't have a lot of money. What? Uh, <laughs> I'm looking for the perfect transition. Where do I go with that? I blow money on emotion, Jim, um, most of the time. And so for me, <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, I, I, who am I to talk? I just pulled up you in your a driveway with a car. car so. Yeah. You are the type of person that you've got to have the latest and car? greatest because it was black on black and badass. That's, That's why, it. Josh. That's exactly right. right. Does there need to be another reason? Does your old car still work? Yes. Well, could you still could you still drive all over Broward County and get all the way? Yes, to, you know, Te- technically. And ask how long County? he had it. It was a two door car that Jim had to perform Pilates to get into the back seat every. Now time. we're talking truth. This is truth. I, I could send you a video, Josh, of him getting into the back of that car. What's really sad, though, Josh, is that even though I just bought an SUV, I still make him get in the front door and climb into the back. Just, mm-hmm. just for, and come climb through. Just, yeah. just I'm for used to old habits die hard. You know, old habits die hard. That's it. But this leads us to our thought, which I think is actually great this weekend. It's a good, I think it's a nice way to sort of um, dovetail what it is we've been talking about. So our thought that rocks this week is this. Thoughts that rock number two. It comes from Neil Strauss, the famous Neil Strauss. Mm-hmm. You know Neil? I do. He's, He's an author and a poet and a ghostwriter. A ghost writer? He has a ghost writer. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't ride ghosts. He's a ghost writer. That's great. That's great. It's, it's <laughs> We've lost Brant. Oh, my gosh. He'll be back in two minutes. Nick Cage. Okay. Uh, his thought is this. You said there's something that happens to your brain after you get COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yes, can agree with that. That's true. Yes. His thought that rocks. What's helped with saying no to others is asking myself first if I'm saying yes out of guilt or fear. If so, then it's a polite no. Now, I actually like this a lot because, and I think this might help a little bit on the should half of the equation, right? Totally. Are you saying yes out of guilt or fear? If the answer is yes, get off the ghost, right? 
I mean, ultimately, that's what we're saying. We don't want to go that direction. I wish I'd gotten that thought that rocked before. (laughs) If if I'd gotten that thought that rocked before Jim invited me, this may be a completely different, uh, you know, answer. Yeah. It is. I mean, how do you, what, what do you think about that? Is that something that you sort of find that sometimes we are obviously saying yes to things out of guilt or fear, uh, or is it something else? You know, I, you, if you go back and right, we talk about the shoulds of the world, right? That's the emotional piece, right? More often than not, why do we do something? We feel like we should do something is because it's driven right by that sense of fear yep. or guilt. Yep. Right. That's the emotional piece that's fighting against the logic of why we do things that we shouldn't do just because we can. That's right. We're like, oh, what's going to happen if I don't? Right. What are they going to say? What are they going to think? What if I say no to hosting this podcast? I totally get it. Totally get it. I mean, I'd still probably say yes. Just because? Yeah, I, Josh, I, I have to if tell I, you. you know, if I wasn't too busy riding that ghost. This is um, literally yes. my favorite freaking podcast we have done. I can't even begin to tell you how much I am enjoying this because we're it, sweating. It's, we are literally here. sweating, laughing, and having a blast. And and it's so true. And this is the thing that's ridiculous with this is that most of us are saying yes to things solely out of. We had this, Jim and I had this conversation today uh, about, um, you know, sort of the, the working with speaker bureaus and agents and all these sorts of things. It's like, you know, you have to sort of find yourself in these positions where are you saying yes out of guilt or because you feel bad or whatever it might be, or do you need to just pivot and go in a different direction? And it is, um, I think, sort of asking yourself why you're saying you yes to something uh, really helps provide some of that clarity. Well, I mean, the, the whole FOMO movement. Yeah. yeah right? Sure. Yeah. Why are people doing some solely for the fear of missing out? Just the possibility. Clubhouse. Somebody could be having fun <laughs> somewhere doing something. I need to go and go to Sri Lanka and find out that and do that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not going to Sri Lanka now because no one's going to Sri Lanka. But correct, uh, you know, whatever it was, you know, that fear mm-hmm. so much drives that behavior. Now, what you also though need to be aware of is when that fear may be hiding your own insecurity, mm-hmm. or it's not a legitimate fear, or you don't understand. Right? Let's say uh, there's a going to your speaker bureau thing. There's a gig they want you to do. That you don't really want to do, you don't think it fits well, you don't want to go speak to a bunch of morticians in Carney, Nebraska. I mean, like whatever it is. But you know you need to do that in order to continue to build a relationship with somebody else. You're fearful of what it is, yep. but again, logically, you know why you need to do it. Yep. Yeah. And Josh knows sometimes that I've spoken to funeral directors in Kearney, Nebraska. <laughs> yes, that is an actual yes, gig. That was an actual yes. real-life example. <laughs> Which is the truth. It is. I've been on that long highway. I, I look at this. Quote, I, heard, I heard you killed that talk. <laughs> but I'm pumped. Yeah, they've <laughs> never heard that one before. But I'm pumped. So he, here's what I love about um, this quote. And I think it goes even back. I know you were saying this, Brant, that it ties into to Josh's as well. For a way to say no. So Neil Strauss, who... Is like he he was down on technology, right? So he he was really he thinks that everybody is now addicted to technology, and so what's funny is he uses technology to curb 
his own appetite for wanting to jump into tech. And so he's got this thing now, Freedom App. I don't know if you've heard this before. He um, he put the Freedom App on his laptop, which blocks the internet 22 hours a day, every single day. So he, he can't get the internet on purpose. And then on his phone, there used to be this thing called Kitchen Safe. Now it's called KSafe. It's a time safe that you drop your cell phone and you can't get it out for a certain period of time. I think it's like two hours or whatever it is. You can set it. So How like, the hell do you listen to Clubhouse? Yeah, I don't know. Like this, Clubhouse? this is the thing. Neil Strauss is not there. We're going to totally pass him by. He is not going to be on Clubhouse because of that. Neil who? Exactly. Exactly. Nothing but a ghost writer. <laughs> That's right. That's how that... so, so connecting the two, I mean, this is just his hardcore way of, of helping him say no. My question would be, what has helped you, Josh? Like I said, I think you have a pretty good balance between personal and professional. How has this helped you in your world, especially, you know, here you are teaching worth, work ethic skills to other people, or maybe, like you said, maybe for your team, you know, are, are people asking for this ability to say no, or is it just something that you wind up helping your team or your clients with? I think it's something we end up helping them with, because I don't think a lot of people think of it as a problem. But the I think the easiest answer is you need to ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you start answering and unpacking that why, that's when you really come, I think, with the clarity of that answer to the question of should I? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? I, I see people, uh, you know, without naming any names here, Brant, get on social media and like try and convince people of a different political opinion. I'm like, <clears throat> why? Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody has ever been like, gosh, that was the most persuasive tweet I have ever seen. What? I'd never be on it like that. <laughs> right? And yet we still obsess with what strangers think or other people, right? So you ask yourself, why, why am I doing this? Right? What is the purpose of what I do? So, you know, I like social media as an opportunity to listen more than to talk. Yeah. And so when I, use it, that's really what the device I use. I mean, I, I tweet myself articles that other people tweet. I email them to myself so I can read them later. Um, Cause I, I always just love to see what other people think, but the, it becomes then the why am I on Twitter? It's not to share. It's to learn. Yeah. Because that's where I feel I get the most value from it. Because so I certainly don't think people need to hear what I have to say anytime I want to about any topic I want to. You know, why, why am I on Facebook? To find out what's happening with people, to help give people you know, some updates about some things in this world. It, why do you do what you do? When you answer the why question, that's what solves the should problem. And – and that's what we focus on with all the folks that we work with and help, you know, as we're working with folks, whether or not those are um, ex-offenders who are coming out of prison, whether or not those are folks in high school programs, whether or not those are homeless teens who are trying to get to work, whether or not those are refugees, helping them answer the why question. Why are these skills important? Mm-hmm. Why is this job important? When you answer that, that drives motivation. That drives change. That is a mindset shift. Mic love drop. It. Love it. Mic drop. You you offended Brand, but I love it. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> where Josh, where can uh, people stay connected to you? Where where do you want us to to send some folks? Uh, if if you're interested in knowing more what we do at the Center for Work Ethic Development, um, the groups we're working with, and take advantage of any of our research or free resources or, or online training or any of those, you can go to Work Ethic. That's all one word. dot org. Um, and we're there. And I do want to just make one slight correction. 
Um, we're in the final processes of getting a deal with some folks in Bermuda. So technically, we will be at seven countries probably by the time this airs. Ooh, so I just, wow. I, I just want to throw that one correction. Uh, you know, if you have to edit that in, just, you know, you go for it. We will. Um, but, but I will say this about doing this podcast and podcast growth and, you know, all the things that have happened over the past, you know, almost 12 months now, well, 10 months. Um, it's been really interesting to see uh, a lot of people re-answering the question of whether or not both we can and we should. Because mm-hmm. there were things that people were like, we would never do that. There's no way we could make – there's no way all of our people could work from home. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about next week? <laughs> right? and you, how about for the next eight months? <laughs> you're, you're right. Exactly. How we, you need to start it next week, and we need to do it for eight, for an indefinite length of period of time. Right? People, it forced people to reassess what they thought were their can and can'ts and their should and shouldn'ts. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's been cool. And you know, part of that for folks who are like us who do training and speaking in different places, you know, it kind of stinks because you have to change what you do, but. Um, you know, it's fun. I got to do a presentation uh, yesterday in Ontario, and I got to do another presentation in Ontario this morning. Um, one was in Canada, one was in California, and I didn't have to get on a plane. <laughs> That's, That's right. pretty awesome. That is awesome. Right? I've spoken in Paris, and Georgia. So, <laughs> <laughs> not as awesome. No, no definitely not. No, no. At <laughs> the end of the day, what you need to remember about, I think, both of those two thoughts that rock, right? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, you know, before you say yes, you know, are you saying it out of fear or out of guilt? Right? I don't have the exact quote on that one. Um, yeah. Remember that those, those answers aren't static. Yeah. There are things that can happen that will change them. It, just because it was something that you should do last time doesn't mean you should again this time. Yeah. Just because you couldn't before doesn't mean you can't now. And I think that's the most important piece. Right? These, these are variable and that they do shift over time. And, um, you know, use that as your, you know, your North Star, but don't use it as your foundation. Right? It's not set in stone. It's the direction you're always going. Josh, you're allowed one thought per episode. <laughs> you can't give us like two or three. It's too much. Only one Our thought audience. that rocks, Josh. I thought it was thoughts that rock. It's not plural. We gave you one. That's plural. So listen, brother. I, listen. I, I love watching your journey, man. I, I love the work that you're doing and, and we just, uh, we're, we're going to keep up with you. And again, anybody who's interested, we're going to keep an eye on your your bio in the show notes i would love for people to go and check that stuff out but seriously thanks for spending a little bit of time and giving us some yuck yucks today we uh <laughs> brant is loving it yeah, he's sweating over there in the corner you know, i think part of life is you know having and getting the most enjoyment you can out of whatever you do um if you do have some thoughts that rock or other things you want to share with me so that i can listen you can always tweet at me too i'm at Ooh. results driver like someone who drives results, kind of like Ghostwriter, but I'm a results driver. Um, if if it was actually and, at uh, Ghostwriter, that would have been awesome. Great ideas man. or different things you want me to know about, or yeah, continue the conversation, go around there. But just know again, I used I I listen more than I than I share on on Twitter and the rest of the platforms. Love it, man. You got it. Well, listen, we'll talk to you soon, my friend, and uh, be good. Thanks, brother. Rock on. Hey, you're welcome. And hey, for everybody else out there. Three lessons to live by as we get through the pandemic. Stay strong, stay healthy, stay positive. Love it. Now you gave us seven. Seven <laughs> thoughts. It's too many. It's Welcome too many. to seven thoughts that rock. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. See you, buddy. 
Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on! Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to StoicismPod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.